Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, the Heat, they are one game away from a trip back to the finals after their blowout win last night in South Beach. So how exactly are they getting it done? We're going to discuss plus. Speaking of the finals, will the Nuggets end it tonight in L.A.? Or can LeBron and the Lakers avoid getting swept? We're going to be answering those questions coming up. And 10-time All-Star Carmelo Anthony, he renounced his retirement today. So we're going to relive some of the best moments from one of the greatest scorers to ever step on the court. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. Kendrick Perkins, Ramona Shelver, and Malika Andrews. We're also going to have Brian Windhorst stopping by from Miami in just a little bit. Hooey, Perk. <laughs> what happened? I mean, should we be getting out the brooms already? Or? Not, not tonight. Oh, oh not, tonight. not tonight. But in the other series? Yeah, oh, but okay. not tonight. Well, we'll show you oh. how this went down. I would say that this is a, a highlight, but really, no. for Celtics fans, you may want to avert your eyes. This is a heat light. This is something where I did not expect this, Kendrick. No, I, I did. knew that Jimmy Buckets was balling. I knew that the Heat are deep. I know that they are well coached. But my goodness, oh. is that Duncan Robinson feeding Bam for the alley-oop? Duncan why, Robinson? Why are we surprised? Did, did, we, did we forget? Oh. Put him in a spin cycle. Yeah, he put him in the basket. <laughs> That's what he did. Is that why what are we surprised did? about Duncan Robinson? Do we forget what he did in Nobody the Nobody forgot, but he hasn't played uh, all year, and now he's back in the rotation yeah, falling like right that. Now. The fact oh. of the matter is, the Heat watch were the, all gas. Watch Jimmy point at him. No uh, break. Stay petty so you don't have to get petty. All night long. It. And Grant Williams is like, yeah, God, you know what? You got to take that. My the teammates best. don't have my back. And then in the third quarter, I mean, Bam was everywhere. Absolutely. Being a live threat at the basket. But great job by Eric Spolcher by having spacing, running multiple actions to get that for Bam. It's almost like they could have Robert Williams in the game as a defender. Uh Oh, don't get me started with that. We're going to get to that. Gabe Vincent, game high, 29 points. And then Jimmy Butler letting the people know. And did this look familiar to you, Perk? Yeah. Yeah, I remember Al Horford doing it. Oh, you mean a little something like that? There's no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Well, then, (laughs) end of the third, the heat up big at this point. Window dressing. Jimmy Butler hits the mid-range jumper. The heat go on to win 128-102. They take a commanding 3-0 series lead. Let's take a listen to Eric Spolstra after the game. That was a, a, a solid, mature, professional uh, approach. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of pent-up uh, stuff here. Um, and we're getting closer, uh, but, you know, we still have to, to finish this off. Believing. Uh, you know, believing in one another. Believing that we can get a win. Believing that we can beat, you know, the number one team in the league. Uh you know, when you belief is real, uh, and we got a will to win. 
So the Heat, they won by 26 points mm -hmm. in game three. That's the largest win by an eight seed since seeding began all the way back in 1984. They're also the third eight seed to win multiple games by 20 points in a single postseason, joining the 99 Knicks and then the 2007 Warriors. So I just want to make sure I get this right, Burke. This is the same Miami Heat team that was trailing the Bulls in the fourth quarter I mean, of a play-in game, mm -hmm. and now they're one win away from the finals. So, so how are they getting this done? Eric Sposer, right, the best coach in basketball. Bam and Jimmy have shown us that they're one of the best duos in the game when it comes to the postseason when it mattered the most. And all you have to do is surround them with a bunch of dogs. And that's what the Miami Heat has done. When you look at Gabe Vincent, he's not backing down from anybody. He loves the matchup. He's picking up 94 feet. He's not afraid to take big shots. You look at Max Struzzi. He don't care where he gets the ball at. He's going to let it fly. And Duncan Robinson, oh my God. We seen it in the finals. He didn't play a lot this season, but he's ready for the moment. And I cannot forget about the young fella Caleb Martin coming Ooh. in off the bench. Yep. He is so skilled and he has so much confidence. And talk about the leadership of Kyle Larry and Kevin Love, that yep. championship pedigree that's coming in, putting their body on the line. That's why the team is number one in the league and charges taken. You know, we talk all the time about if you have a player like Jimmy Butler, you just need to get – you have a window to win with him, right? You have a window with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. And when they got those guys, mm -hmm. the question was how how wide open was that window? How long was it open? And it felt for a lot of time this year that it was – over like these guys yeah. were, were older and they didn't they weren't able to stay healthy Kyle Lowry was hurt all year with that knee injury but their experience in these playoffs has been fun to watch just from a chess match standpoint like they know what Boston's gonna do before Boston even tries it they are setting the tone Boston is reacting to them rather than the Boston Celtics the number two seed right putting their their power out there and making Miami react there's no doubt that all this trickles down from Jimmy Butler yeah. but can I do my best big perk and give some 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 flowers to the big man here because Bam Adebayo has been incredible this postseason and, and yes offensively yep. they're six and zero when he scores twenty or more points but defensively I mean he has been everywhere he, he, his defense has been great he's been holding opponents to thirty eight percent shooting when he's contesting his two man game has been excellent I just feel like it's a little bit of everything with him and there were questions about him too that's right and he get back to that all star level where's he been at. And then all of a sudden, it's all hitting at the right time. And, you know, all year we talked, could those four guys, so that's Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, yeah. Kyle Lowry, could they all play together? Could they Could they elevate each other? And it, it, it's not even the question anymore. Yep. They can all play together. They're all taking their turn. And you mentioned Caleb Martin in this series. I think he's been he's been the second best player for the Heat. Right. Like he's been outstanding, and they, they he's the mismatch that last year they were not able to exploit. This year he has it. Do, do you know he was cut by Charlotte? He has a twin brother, and he was cut. Well, well same on Neil. I mean, let's bring in Brian Windhorst into the discussion. He's actually in Miami. You were in oh, the building, Brian. What stood out to you watching the Heat up close? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing about the Heat. I know that they are executing great right now. I know that Jimmy does his little trash talk and his mind games and he points and he looks at you funny and all that stuff. But here's the thing. In the regular season, the Heat were a bad offensive mm -hmm. team. They were not just average. They were bad. They were bottom five in most offensive categories, and they were 27th in three-point shooting, okay? They did not make three-pointers, which is one of the reasons why they battled to the end of every almost every game and were relying on clutch play at the end of every game. 
in the playoffs, they are number one in three-point shooting. Number one amongst all the playoff teams. And by the way, if they shot this percentage in the regular season, they would have been number one in the regular season. So they've gone from being the 27th best three-point shooting team to the first best three-point shooting team. And when that is happening, everything else just works better. They, have, they are the second best offensive team in the postseason after the Nuggets. And they are playing a team in Boston who was much better defensively last year. Boston could get away with having a bad mm-hmm. offensive night against the Heat in the playoffs last year. They can't get away with it anymore. So as much as this has been about the Heat, right, they've enforced their will on this series. And we also see the Celtics. They haven't given them much resistance at all, as we would expect it from a defending conference champion. Let's take a listen. Yeah, just, I just didn't have them ready to play. I should have, uh, whatever it was, whether it was a starting lineup, whether it was an adjustment, just I have to get them in a better place, ready to play, and that's on me. I don't even know where to start. Uh, it's obvious, an obvious letdown. I feel like we let our fan base organization down, we let ourselves down, and it was collective. We can point fingers, um, but in reality, it's just embarrassing. Yeah. So Magic Johnson, Ooh. his tweets can grab your attention for multiple reasons. But one, I mean, he rarely points it out like this. In my 44 years of being associated with the NBA, I never thought I'd see a Boston Celtics team, a franchise with 17 championships, quit. Quit! I know Celtics fans all over the world, they must be disgusted, devastated. The Miami Heat, they blew them out 128-102. So that's what Magic had to say. Perk. Oof. What do you have to say? Oh, I have a lot to say. <laughs> I bet. And I'm going to start off by saying this. I've been hearing the whispers. I've been hearing the conversations. The disrespect about is this team right now and last year better than our 08 team, 09 team, KG Paul, and Ray area. And the answer is, hell no. And don't ever disrespect us like that again. So I'm coming up here to the big boy because I got a free sheet, and this is the sole reason why, the number one reason why. But listen, let me hear from Joe Missoula first because I got to hear what he got to say. And Malcolm Brogdon, here's some video. Here we go. We starting right here. All right, here it is. One thing about it. I love Grant Williams. Look, he's all up in Jimmy's face. Look, Jimmy like, okay, cool. Give him a little smirk. Right here, Jimmy, come back, get the and one. Freeze! Look at this friendly face right here in Derek White. That is very disappointing. You see this? Now freeze! Malcolm Brogdon, why are you looking at Grant Williams and not Jimmy Butler? Okay, take it a step further. Gabe Vincent, pull up Trey. Watch Jimmy, stunt. Taking the picture, it's one, two, three, and Jason Tatum is coming from behind four Celtic players. He's standing at half court flexing, including Jaden Brown. Nobody steps up, right? So they're getting pumped. That's one thing that never happened in the 2008, 2009, 2010, is that we never got pumped. So please don't ever put us in the same conversation ever again. Ramona, take us inside the locker room. What are the Celtics talking about? How are they feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, one, one player I talked to said just everybody is frustrated. Mm. And they missed a lot of shots. And when you miss shots, you get down. I mean, they're 11 for 42 on threes. And when this team, as Brian has talked about a lot, they, they live by the three and they die by the three. But that cannot translate to the defensive end where you just quit. 
defensively. Yeah. And when you miss shots, it's demoralizing. It's, it, it, it affects the team's spirit. But as Perk just pointed out, there's not spirit there. And when you, that's how you lose a game like this. I, I think in that locker room, there's a lot of people looking at each other, wondering if this is the right composition. But also, wonder, it's just too many egos right now bumping up against each other. Jason Tatum is in this role as a point guard. His, dri- his job is to drive and kick and get doubled and set everybody up for threes. But that's that's my turn, your turn with Jalen Brown. That's not team basketball getting everyone involved. And I think when the shots don't go in, that's when you see the defensive breakdowns and you see all the egos looking around saying, why is this happening? Let's bring Brian Windhorst back into the conversation because he's actually there. He's in South Beach. He saw this up close. I, because I'm curious, what is the biggest difference that you have seen between this Celtics team right now and who we saw last year? They, they play soft, and that's not a character assessment. Um, when you watch them play defense, they just the heat go to set a screen. And they just they soft switch. They just say, "Okay, mm. I'll go over on this guy. You go on that guy." They let the heat players initiate the drive before they even touch them. Um, that wasn't the way they played last year. Frankly, it wasn't the way they played most of this season. They were a pretty good defensive team this season. Not as good as they were last year, but they were pretty good during the regular season. And they're coming into this game where they're in this environment in a must-win game, and they're just playing soft defensively. Mm. And you know, I think it's a mindset of the way they approach this season. You know. I don't want to make this just about Ime Udoka versus Joe Mazzula. Sure. But Ime Udoka made decisions that were defensive-based yep. first. His lineups, his mm-hmm. rotations, his style. Joe Mazzula does it offensive-based first. And by the way, that style led to a juggernaut team that was one of the best teams in the league and had home court advantage throughout the playoffs coming into this round. But when you need it in the playoffs, that playing soft on defense is not serving them well. And that is a huge difference between the 2022 Celtics and the 2023 Celtics. Well, not to mention the living by the three, dying by the three. It's something that we saw, we talked about during the regular season, and right now it's just not panning out for them. And I I don't want to take anything away from the Miami Heat. The Celtics certainly are making all sorts of mistakes, but the Heat has them sweating like Richard Jefferson in a high-button shirt. How's that one for a first? Oh, oh, we got it. Coming up on NBA Today, we're going to go from one coast (laughs) to the other. The Nuggets, they're only one win away from reaching the finals for the first time in franchise history. It's a big perk. Did you spy something? I have. Oh, what did you spy about Jamal Murray? (laughs) That's coming up. Plus, game four of the Western Conference Finals, hours away. Do the Lakers have what it takes to extend this series? Michael Wilbon, he is joining us to tell us who needs to step up. Plus, Carmelo Anthony bids adieu to the league after 19 seasons. We have a special Top of the Top coming up. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. NBA Today has brought you by the new series, A Small Light. Series finale tonight at 9, 8 central on National Geographic and now streaming on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. The more Murray magic. Everybody realizes when we need something, we need a spark. If a guy's got it going, we're going to ride that guy. Just get, get him the ball and get him open. Too much I cannot go. My name in all of the time zones. It's almost my time. I'm harder to find. It's skating on beats. I'm in grind mode. 3 Jamal. One game away. How does that sound? Five more to go. The Nuggets mentality is five more, not just one more to go. They are one win away, though, from accomplishing something they've never done in their history, reach the NBA Finals. You can see they're one of just six franchises to never make it, along with the Clippers, the Hornets, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, and the Pelicans. So Anscape's Mark Spears is joining us now. And all of us, we were at that Game 3 where, once again, the Nuggets just proved that their depth, they're stars. They had a little too much for the Lakers to overcome. What did you see as the biggest reason why the Nuggets walked away with the win? Their scoring is, is just incredible. They're like the young warriors to me. They're, mm. they're averaging like 119 points per game in the series. Jamal Murray put my, some respect on my name. Murray is averaging 35. And the thing is, when Joker even, is even in foul trouble, you got guys like KCP. You got guys like Brown that step up. Also, you know, MPJ. It just got too many scores, and, and I just don't think the Lakers can just keep up with their ability to get points, get buckets. But they have so much depth this year, and that yeah. was the thing we talked about with them. They, this core, the, the, the three-man core, has been together for five years. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal, and, and Jokic. That's but they, they got eight new players this year, and they got some vets. And I remember asking Mike Malone about this, Mike Malone about this, and he said, we looked for guys that can play off of our stars. We looked for guys like Bruce Brown, guys like Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Contavious Caldwell-Pup had 12 points in that third quarter. Yeah. And he barely played in the fourth because Bruce Brown had it going. And you didn't hear a word out of him. He wasn't complaining about it. They play off of each other mm-hmm. and they share the ball. It's, it's beautiful basketball to watch. Jamal Murray had 30 points in the first half. And when he sat down, Nikola Jokic in foul yep. trouble, you're like, all right, who's going to do it? Oh, Bruce Brown's there. Yeah. Oh, nope. Jeff Green's mm-hmm. there. They come at you in waves. But Perk, oh. at the beginning... You yeah. said, you know what, the Lakers, they're going to win this series. They're packing up and going to the finals. Has has anything changed your mind, <laughs> sir? Yeah, yeah. you know what, the Lakers see it, and I damn sure see it. You know, you call me a snitch, but most people like to call me a spy. And I got a spy <laughs> oh, series. Oh, Yes, and I spy a savage and may off Murray. Not playoff Murray. I'm Kendrick Perk. Murray. Better known as Big Perk. And nothing gets past me. Freeze! Just when you thought it did get past me, there I am. I spy a problem. I spy it all. Carry the hell on. That's right. <laughs> I do spy a problem. <laughs> and that problem is Mayoff Murray. Not playoff Murray, because he don't give a damn about the regular season. He just get ready for the postseason. Run me this. Let me see it. I want to show you something. I know you want to keep looking at me. Keep looking at that beautiful <laughs> Here it comes. It's coming in. It's coming in. Here we go. Check this out. Jamal Murray in the regular season averaged 16.9 points per game. 
In the postseason, he ups his game. 25.4. Wow. That's the 8.5 difference, largest in NBA history. That's why he earned the name Mayoff Murray. Now check this out. We have a little screen to roll action. Look at the snatchback. Elite shot making. 73% shot for him. Contested. And then he going to tell you about it. I want you to see this. This is when you're in your bag. He knew he wanted to get to that spin move. Got to it. Got to his spot over Dennis Schroeder. All bottoms. Here go again. A guard setting the pick. Pop. They trying to make the read. He take one dribble. Little sidestep. And guess what? 6.3 jumpers off the dribble this game. Most in the postseason. Butter. This is May off Murray, and this is what Big Perks buy. A savage and a killer. Savage. Classy, bougie. Still to come on NBA Today, <laughs> L.A. is on the brink tonight across the street. We're going to step out with Michael Wilbon to see what the <laughs> vibes are heading into tonight's elimination game. Perk, that was excellent. Well, I appreciate it. Plus, I mean, you, you did. You, just, you spied it, but some forget, I mean, just how incredible of a comeback story Jamal Murray has made to get to this moment. So we're going to dive into his remarkable journey. And after 19 seasons, Carmelo Anthony, he's officially calling it. So we're going to take a little look back. We're going to walk down memory lane on some of the best moments of his career yeah, with a special though. top of the top. Yes, sir. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. For the third straight game, again, crunch time, clutch time. Denver, the better team. Got to get one, just one at a time. You know, just focus on game four, and uh, my mindset is, is, is always locked in. It's as if it's a game one. Well, we've done it before, 2 and 10, 13 place, you know, climbing up uphill basically all season to get to this point. The deficit is 3-0, not 4. There's still hope. So this is the first time since 2013 the Lakers are down 3-0 in a playoff series. L.A. has gone down at 3-0 eight other times in franchise history. They were swept each time. That's the most losses without a win in NBA history. So history, it's on the Nuggets side, right? But on Saturday, I asked Nikola Jokic about tonight's closeout game. Take a listen. I mean, to be honest, I'm not going to say that I'm scared, but I mean, you know, I'm worried because um, they have LeBron on, on the other side and he's, uh, he's capable of doing everything, you know, so... 
we're gonna come here with the same mindset, same, 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 uh, uh, same focus, and uh, I think that's gonna give a, put a situation to, to win a game. The only way you can win this is to make history. You've made history so many times before. You know the game. Uh, does that thought even cross your mind that, that that's the only way you can do it, and you'd like to make history again? Obviously. Of course. That's the only mindset for me, for sure. So if LeBron is looking to make history, we have our resident historian, the great Hall of Famer, <laughs> Michael God. Wilbon. And we Too had to take love. a Thank little you. trip outside, Mr. Wilbon, because yeah, right across the street here in Crypto.com Arena, we were maybe seeing something that we've never seen before, uh, a comeback from being down 0-3. If that is to happen, and I'm not really sure it's going to, but if, a big if that is to happen, what do the Lakers need to do, sir? Well, you know, part of it, in listening to everything that's been said since that Game 3 loss, Malika, leads me back to just the conclusion, if this is too oversimplified, I apologize, the Lakers aren't good enough. Mm. And they're not playing a seriously flawed team like they were with Memphis, whose off-court issues John Morant got to that locker room as he astutely said. And the Warriors, we look back and we know all the troubles they've been having all year on the road particularly, but not being a championship team and maxing out as Steve Kerr said. And now they're getting a team that's a championship level team. I mean, that's what Denver is, the one seed most of the season. So a lot of this is beyond the Lakers' control. Yes, they're going to have to get better play from everybody. D'Angelo Russell has to play as we see when he scores 17 or more points. Now when he's sort of a no-show, that's a lot of pressure to put on D'Angelo Russell by himself. There's so many things that have to go right for the Lakers. They have to defensively do something they have been unable to do through three games, which is corral Jamal Murray mm -hmm. and Joker. And even when they get Jamal Murray corralled in a half or a quarter, then Joker breaks out in the fourth quarter and right. we hadn't seen him for three quarters. Jo remember, Joker didn't even score in the fourth quarter of the first two games. So it's not like Denver's been great yet. They've been great in spurts. They haven't put together a complete effort. I'm, I'm sort of expecting that, Perk, whether it's tonight or if they have to go to Wednesday. We haven't seen that. So a lot of this is we, we keep talking about what the Lakers can do better. Lakers will do a lot of stuff better. And Malika, still not win. I'm not expecting a historic run. It might win tonight, but I'm not expecting history. I, I'm not expecting history either, but I am expecting the Lakers to win. The only adjustment that I witnessed Darvin Ham do this postseason was give Lonnie uh, Walker more minutes. Yes. Not give, but he earned that. I expect him to make some type of adjustment tonight. I thought he was going to do it after game two when they went down 0-2. And you talk about the pressure on D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. The only pressure is for him to keep his mental right because I don't see him touching the floor tonight. Mm. I actually think that Darvin Ham is going to change That's up his starting. That's the adjustment that you think is coming. Change up his starting lineup because I want y'all to think about this. Dennis Schroeder was guard Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is 3 for 10. Okay? He's 3 for 10. You're not going to stop him, but I thought he did a great job of wearing him down. Picking them up, denying them, keeping the body on them, things to that nature. Also, another thing we might need to watch out for, Riha Chamaya has been cooking. Yeah. I think it might be time to put Vanderbilt on the bench. You have nothing else to lose. Your starting lineup need to be Dennis Schroeder, Rui, Austin Reeves, Braun and AD, and then you let the chips fall where they might. Let's talk a little bit more about LeBron James because in the 25 elimination games that he has played in, he's averaging 33 and a half points in those games. That's the highest that we've seen in the NBA. 
But we've laid out just how steep this is for even him to overcome. What does he need to do? How are you viewing this for him? I mean, LeBron will do whatever he needs to do at the beginning of the game, which is assess the situation. And then we see him either thinking he needs to get teammates going first, and that may be a lot to what Perk's talking about when you had that lineup on the floor. Or LeBron comes out really aggressive and gets to the basket and, by the way, not selling for three. I know he hit three of them in the second half in that game, but that's not going to be the answer. Um, and, again, even if LeBron makes those adjustments, what was that stat we just saw about the number of times the Lakers, and I know this is different yeah. players and different teams over history, goes back to Jerry West, Shaq, and Kobe. They've been down 3 nothing eight times and gotten swept each time. Did I just see that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Perk, <laughs> I agree with you about Darvin Hand could be out of moves because he made the Hachimura move. Those of us who, who live mostly in Washington and wonder what was going to happen to Rudy Hachimura, Rudy Hachimura. They found, he found himself out here. Mm-hmm. There's ahead. something going forward with him yeah. in a number of different ways, defensively, two-way player. Yes. But he made that adjustment, and then Denver sort of solved that. He put Vanderbilt in the lineup that didn't have the impact he was probably looking for. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's the out of moves. Yes, the move you're making has to be made, whether he sees the floor at all he or no not choice. with D'Lo. But yeah. at the end of no the day, choice. is Denver just, I mean, they're the they're better, better. Denver team. No, better. They, they, they are the better team, man. And when you think about the adjustments that Michael Malone made, think about it. Jeff Green hit a big three. Right, Jeff Green wasn't wouldn't have been in the game, but until they made that adjustment of putting AD on Aaron Gordon, now all of a sudden you got to respect Jeff Green in that corner three, Bruce Brown, and I cannot speak highly enough of Michael Porter Jr. and the growth, six assists, some of the shots that he would have took like last year, he passed those up to get a great shot, but when it comes down to Braun, I've never seen him look so discouraged in himself. I see bad body language after his missed shots. And I think tonight is not going to be a lot of threes. It's not going to be a lot of turnarounds. I think he's going to attack downhill. He's going to get on that low block. He's going to try to get to the free throw line. He's going to attack the offensive glass. He's going to get out and sprint transition. I think he's going to lay it all out on the line. They're not going to come back and win this series, but LeBron James will not get swept. Do you believe that? <laughs> no. I don't. And it, but no, look, I, I'm not going to be shocked if the Lakers win. That'd be crazy. It's LeBron James. Of course. You never bet against LeBron. No, no. I'm, so, I'm, I'm not going to the betting window on that. But, Perk, here's the one thing. You mentioned uh, Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. They haven't, even done, they haven't even had the kind of games yet that they're mm-hmm. capable of having, even though I'm with you on Michael Porter Jr. and diversifying his game in a way that we didn't see previously. But this seems like one of those games with, with no pressure whatsoever that Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. could just sort of take up the slack if the Lakers do clamp down a little bit on Joker and Jamal Murray. But this just seems like one of those things. I also like what I'm hearing from Denver. I know I keep going back. We're talking about the Lakers. Yeah. I keep going back. I like what I'm hearing from them. About, let's get this done. Absolutely. Let's not mess around here. Because well, Perk knows what that, that happens. If you, you can give up that one game and all of a sudden momentum catches you, not that it's historic. But I agree with you about LeBron. I think he's going to come out and be like a locomotive. I do. Now, the question is, is that enough? enough. I'm not putting well, that on. got to come to work, too. 
Hey, you got to come to work. And even then, I mean, the way that the Nuggets were talking, I was at game three. They were coming. I said this earlier on the show. They're coming down the hallway, and they're saying, all right, good work, fellas, good work, fellas, good work, fellas. Five more. But Just you know, five more. But you know what's the hardest game? This the one. Closeout. And that's why you heard from Nikola Jokic say, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not worried. I don't want to say I'm worried. But whenever LeBron is on the other side, that antenna goes up. The legend Michael Wilbon, thank you so much you for say, spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Much more white Michael Wilbon coming up here on NBA Countdown. But coming up here on NBA Today, Jamal Murray, we touched on it a little bit. But he has the Nuggets on the cusp of their first finals appearance in franchise history. So we have an all-access look at his incredible comeback story. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. How'd it come? FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. It's time for Putting in Work, presented by Upwork. After 579 days off the floor, Brittany Griner made her return to the WNBA on Friday. It was an emotional night. Griner exclaiming, I'm back. After hitting a three, she finished with 18 points, four blocks in her season debut, then followed it up by posting 27 and 10 in a loss on Sunday. And then our very own Chenea Gumbake. With the fit arriving with her sister NECA in style for the Spark season opener versus Griner in the Mercury. They embodied looking good, playing good. They combined for 32 points to lead five Sparks players in double figures. They get a 94 to 71 win in that one. And then defending champion Las Vegas Aces, they started their title defense with an offensive clinic. They beat Seattle 105-64. Reigning MVP Asia Wilson had a double-double. Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum, they scored 23 apiece. Candace Parker added 12 points in her Aces debut. But perhaps the best, it came from Stewie. Put on a show for Liberty fans in her first game in New York, lighting up Indiana for a career-high 45 points, all of which came through the first three quarters. And not only did she set the Liberty franchise record in just her second game with the team, but she also became the first player in WNBA history to score 40 points in a home debut. Pretty incredible there. Brianna Stewart, I loved her interview earlier on SportsCenter. We'll make her long-awaited return to Seattle on our next WNBA game on ESPN2. That's next Tuesday. The two-time MVP won two titles with Seattle, but will face them for the first time as the Storm hosts the Liberty at 9 Eastern. Our WNBA countdown crew tips off our coverage at 8.30. So speaking of returns, Jamal Murray's return to playoff dominance. It has been one of the best basketball stories of the year. And actually, Jamal and I, we, we came into the league together. He was a rookie when I was an intern for the Denver Post. And then my first spin around the sidelines, it was when he and Donovan Mitchell, you guys remember this in the bubble, they were dueling it out, and he wound up leading Denver to its first conference finals in over a decade. And then the following year, Murray, he tore his ACL in April. And what followed were a whole lot of questions. 
Will he get back to where he was? Will he be traded? Does he still have that burst in him? So here's a behind-the-scenes look at Murray's road to recovery, a path that has led the franchise to just one win away from their first finals appearance ever. I didn't get surgery till like a week, two weeks later. It was so much pain, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't roll over. It was throbbing, just miserable. First two months were really tough. You have all these doubts going through your head and the process is so slow that it's just hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Everything was really like a big step for me though. From little jumping to box jumping to single leg jumping to lateral jumping. The bounce is there. Control is not yet. <laughs> Once I kept seeing improvement, my energy started changing. It's a tough, grueling injury. It's tedious, detailed work. Now that I put the work in, and I trust the work I've put in, I'm starting to see the results of it. Swing Mike, swing Mike, I got you. I'm good, I'm good. Yeah! Basketball is a privilege to me right now, and I cherish every moment I'm on the court. So back here with Ramona Shelburne and Ramona in Jamal's long road back was there a moment a time where it started to click in his own head like yeah I can get back to this place. Yeah, so I, I asked Coach Michael Malone yesterday at practice, mm. was there that moment? And he flat out said, he goes, yeah, it was December 8th in Portland. <laughs> like, actually, the, the moment. <laughs> when he gets the ball, he's had kind of a tough game until the fourth quarter here, and he, he's dribbling. They're down two, and he goes up over Jeremy Grant and hits the game-winning three. Now, this kept Denver from having a four-game losing streak. They won on a little run after this. But this was the moment where he had had some bad games, he wasn't shooting well, and he texted Coach Michael Malone before this game and said, you know, this isn't going to happen again. My body language in the last game against Dallas that they had lost, I'm going to change that, and I'm going I'm to get myself back. And then he goes out and hits that shot. They win the game and go on a nice run. And Michael Malone has said all along, you know what, Jamal Murray is our guy. We are sticking yep. with him through thick and thin here. He just needs to get it mentally together yep. so that he's on the same page as us and we're seeing the fruits of that now in the conference finals and they're just one win away from representing the West in the finals for the very first time. Ramona Shelburne, thank you so Thanks, very Mike. much. Still to come on our show, Carmelo Anthony, a man of many accolades. Actually, technically, wasn't the pick that was traded for New York and Denver, didn't that turn into Jamal Murray? So that, yeah, there's a, little, there's a little Carmelo connection there. Thanks. Top of the top, coming up next. I remember the days when I had nothing. Just a ball on the court and a dream was something more. But basketball was my outlet. My purpose was strong, my communities, the cities I represented with pride, and the fans that supported me along the way. I am forever grateful for those people and places because they made me Carmelo Anthony. But now the time has come for me to say goodbye. To the court where I made my name, to the game that gave me purpose and pride. 
But this bittersweet goodbye to the NBA, I'm excited about what the future holds for me. When people ask what I believe my legacy is, it's not my feats on the court that come to mind, nor the awards or praise. Because my story has always been more than basketball. My legacy, my son, is in you. I will forever continue through you. Because the time has come for you to carry this torch. So Kai, chase your dreams. Let nothing hold you back. Let nothing intervene. My legacy, now and forever, lives on through you. And I'll always be proud of all that you do. Understand? Peace. We got to keep it real with reality, and reality gonna keep it real with us. I remember them good old days. The thank yous, the tributes already pouring in. Future Hall of Famer, says Chris Paul. Salute Carmelo Anthony. A whole bunch more. Oh, I'm seeing a little a theme here, a banana boat theme. LeBron James, you're such a legend beyond my brother. Congratulations on a hell of a ride. So then we also have Dwayne Wade, one for the books. Congratulations. People continue to weigh in to congratulate Carmelo Anthony. We're going to do it NBA Today style with a very special top of the top, solely dedicated to one of the best scorers to ever step foot on the court. Yes. And so you know we got to start with top dunks. I was Andre there. Oh, Miller, I was there. 2008. Why did Dre like that? Why did Dre like that? See, that's, that's when he came back skinny. Why did Dre jump? He came back skinny. Well, uh oh, bang. No, Mike. Oh, is that Francisco? El yeah, it's Francisco yeah. Elson. The love. Why did Mike get Izzy it? with the love? Yeah. Nasty. Oh, oh that too. I'm there. back. I'm back. I remember that moment. He yeah, had a lot of haters got credit for. Yeah. Well, and then we have some top mellow moves, but you have a, a you, you covered oh, him for the first oh, four years of his career. Is that BC? Yeah. No, I, I covered mellow and this mellow. Carmelo with the cornrows, the powder blue jerseys. Amazing third all-time leading scorer in Nuggets history. Oh. He told me you're the reason I he said I'm the reason you got the job in Boston, Perk. He told me that. And he was right. He took my career to the next level. And it needs to be a kumbaya with him in Denver. They need to get together, shake hands, yeah. retire his jersey one day, and mm -hmm. zoom the Nuggets make the final olive branch. And Honor him branch. there and give him the video he that deserves. he deserves. Because he has these moments over and over and over again, Big Perk. Absolutely. And it goes back to high school with me. He was in class of 2002. I was in 2003. Mm. And I just remember watching him at tournaments, and it was always there. His offensive skill set, that pure jump shot, and just the moment. Like, he was always ready for those moments. Again, one of the most prolific scores to ever touch the damn basketball. I completely agree with you in, in, in Denver. I just wonder, and Jokic wears 15. He wore 15. I have 15. to put two 15s. I, I still am confused why the Nuggets gave him that jersey. I think there was some bitterness by the way he left. Yeah, but they got He's not the only schedule. player that's left the team, man. Mm -hmm. Nuggets fans, let it go. Oof, especially Ooh. when you give, he's given moments like this. He, and he changed the franchise. They hadn't been to the playoffs in like nine years. And he was in the playoffs every time that he'd been there. They were an afterthought in the league. And he made them relevant and, again. And can we talk about like his professionalism? Thank you, NBA. Forever grateful for the 19 years Ooh, with you, he said. Blessing. 19 years. But a true professional. Yeah. 
Like, never shied away from criticism, never went at the media, accepted, always was accountable, showed up for work. Got over major adversity yes. early in his career that yes. killed his career. He showed up for That's work. somebody John Morant needs to sit down with. Salute Absolutely. to a legend, Carmelo Anthony. Congratulations on your retirement, sir. And, and with Melo officially retired, LeBron? Is he the only player left from that elite <laughs> 2003 yeah, NBA draft I see all them grades popping out everywhere. What he did 13 years ago in just 60 seconds. <laughs> NBA Today is brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. I want some passes. We're going to have game four of the Western Conference Finals between the Nuggets and the Lakers tonight at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Denver leads the series three to none. Countdown gets it all started at 7.30 Eastern. The good news for LeBron as he faces elimination, one of his most iconic playoff moments. It came on this date back in 2009. Oh, my goodness. Trailing the Magic by two. One second left. LeBron caught the inbounds pass. Turned and gets it to go. He said he wasn't clutch. Cavs win that one, 96-95. We do know what happened in the rest of the series. But since we're under five hours away from game four, what's going to happen, Mark? The Nuggets have never been to the finals before. Stan Kroenke, Josh Kroenke in the house. They do it for the city. They get there for the first time. I think the Lakers win one game here. They, that, I was there the other night. They, this did not feel like a defeated locker room. They're tired. Okay. They've been playing pa- playoff basketball for three months because they dug themselves such a hole. I think there's a gentleman sweep, though, in five. Okay. Lakers win in great fashion tonight. It's going back to Denver. It's going back to yeah. Denver. You want Ramona to for get game one. Gentlemen's I, I, I gentlemen's mean, sweep. I don't want you to, but, I mean, it's going back to Denver. Them, those vets are going to have them right. They got too many OGs in that locker room. I think yeah. the Lakers right. come out and punch first. Yep. And the Nuggets punch back. And if they punch back in the way that I think that they are going to, then I think this up. ends tonight. What if the but Lakers punch and drop them? That's, 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 that's the one yeah, scenario in my head where I'm like, you know, maybe the Lakers, it's just not Denver's day to play. But I, I've been. Four KOs. Well, we're going to see in a couple of hours. <laughs> we're going to see. That's coming up in just a couple of hours. Yes, that's going to do it for us. He was no, sick. You don't.